the wee little bed for Mr. <laughs> Microphone. Isn't that sweet? It's 8.52 a.m. Saturday, February the 10th, 2018. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. I was taking I know a you were si- taking a sip of what tea right when you were I supposed to be doing do, 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 do it. That was not good of me. Well, I'm just, yeah, it's a timing thing, Diane. You know, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be with the <laughs> program. You gotta be, you gotta be in there with the, with the, you know, the, you know. You have to be able to see these things sometimes for you to really appreciate why I'm laughing all the time. Not necessarily. <laughs> Trust me. My face is best consumed in audio form. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. Says at, you. At this time of day. <laughs> most especially. Ah, ham and eggs. <laughs> Been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine as per usual. What have you been up to, Diane? It's been a splendid week. Splendiferous. It has really been a wonderful week. Now, Splendido. I'm trying to remember. So it was it last Saturday that we were going to see Open the Door for Three? I think we've already covered that. Okay. But, but Gregory Orr. Gregory Orr. I think it was the big event of this week. Well, no, you know, I don't know. It might have been last Saturday and we made a... We just had the music on, right? Right, we hadn't played, we hadn't seen them yet. Was that just last Saturday? That, was that can't last be Saturday. right. That can't be right. That's weird. this has been like action-packed week. Wow. Well, open the door for three was a great, great concert. Very much enjoyed that, especially the alien pipes. Oh man, that was fantastic. But I mean, but I mean, the whole it had to be you had to have the whole thing together to, for the full impact, but it was uh, dynamite. I think one of the things that people miss out on if they don't people. people, if they don't attend live concerts is the humor and stories that yeah. people often have the in between. Banter. The witty banter in this group really had the witty banter. I was laughing they brought the fun. quite a bit. They yeah. And the fun fun. Yeah. <laughs> And especially because a lot of the song's lyrics were pretty either gruesome or <laughs> depressing. <laughs> so they would, you know, sort of shine a little light on the the lyrics and and uh, why they would be choosing these songs. Yeah. I'm glad they threw in one song where the woman actually came out on top of, you know, the situation. Uh, yes, me too. But I also remember when I was listening to them that I was so grateful they were talking about having researched all of this music. And for me, I feel like that's one of the things I very much appreciate about the traditional genre of music, that people actually research a lot from the past. Um, for example, I think about Andrew Calhoun, who we've just recently, uh, he's a a researcher of past historical Scottish, primarily, and and Kat, too. She also likes to research old songs. Yeah, they were talking about these collections, these, there are like collections with names to them that, you know, that you can delve into and, and draw music out from them, and I don't know how... It would be notated, or if it's 
actual musical notation that they're finding or or what? She was saying, uh, Liz was saying that she actually can read music because she's a classical performer, right. so right. that they have some uh, interesting selections in front of them. Anyway, I, I think that's fairly interesting that people do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a researcher by nature, which is why I'm a songwriter, because I don't have to research anything. Yeah. yeah. I'm a researcher by nature. That's probably oh, no. why that intrigued me. That well, I, somebody like is... the, I like the product of research, and I like hearing about research, but I've never been big on doing it very much myself, especially in music. Although, yeah, for me, researching would be trying to remember a song that I knew when I was a child or something like that. Or, I think that the joys of research is a little like a treasure hunt, you know, and I, I really got that as I was listening to their yeah. music. But the thing that I thought was so fascinating about that night is that the concert was taking place in a, uh, in Finney Ridge Neighborhood Center's concert hall, okay. and it has a wooden floor that is a hardwood floor for that's really suitable for dancing yeah it is and a dance floor it is a dance floor people can people can and do dance there and all the people in the seats the music is so stirring that everybody was kind of tapping their foot so there was this resonance from the foot tapping that really excited me and made yeah. me feel really happy nice percussion section a nice percussion from the feet. Yes. Yeah, it was groovy. It was rousing. It was a rousing concert, and we were very up after that. It's true. And then the next thing was the... Was that Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Wednesday was night. We went down to McCaw Hall and saw the poet Gregory Orr give a reading, a little short discussion, and that was just fabulous. It was... A splendid evening. It was a splendid evening. We went down. We parked right there at the Seattle Center. It's a Wednesday night, so it was like, it was hardly, I mean, I mean, the only times I've been, you usually remember being at the Seattle Center is during some festival or something where it's just wall-to-wall people and stuff like that. So it's nice to go down there on a Wednesday night and park right there in the pay lot and walk. And we went into the, uh, the armory. Uh, it used to be called the Center House back Things in have changed. the day. Yes. Showing our oldness. And the fun forest is gone, uh, but that's okay, because they've replaced it with these with this really nice play area with all these big slides and stuff like that, and all this, all this padded ground. They've, there's this kind of spongy material that they put in playground areas for kids, so they you know don't hurt themselves if they fall down. And that was fun to walk through, and we got some good food there at Skillets. Breakfast. Yeah, it was a breakfast for dinner, and. Uh, uh, a and place then we called were, we were, in the armory. We were walking through that, uh, walking down to McCall Hall, and you're walking through the area that has the fountain, and and it was all lit up. The trees were all lit up by little fairy lights that, um, well, actually, they're bright big fairy lights, but it was very peaceful. And as we were walking by the fountain, I had this, this, uh, whoosh of memories because I've had uh, at the Seattle Center from the first time I ever saw the fountain which was when I was in college to going to folk life festivals there and all the different times and I was thinking 
wow, I've got a lot of memories around this particular place. Yeah. But it was very peaceful walking over, and, um, and it was just a lovely stroll even to get there. Yep. And it was a warm evening, too, which was nice. I have not been to many poetry readings. I've only been to poetry readings that were amateur and sometimes um, would cause great hilarity for my brother and I because my brother used to take me to some of these poetry readings and I still remember one where I my brother just cocked an eyebrow at me during the reading because the reading was so horrible <laughs> and I I was losing it I mean I had to actually go outside because I was I was starting to laugh and I didn't want to laugh and the I mean those are, those are the sorts of poetry readings I had been to before I met you nice. and um so when I went to, uh, Billy Collins was the first one we went to, and I just love that. Yeah. But I want to say that Gregory Orr is one of, this is one of the experiences that I'm tucking into my memory treasures, because he was so powerful. I was weeping through a great deal of the evening, because yeah. it was just so wise uh, the the poems are wise and uh touching and there was something about his voice and the way he read them that really brought them alive even more than on the page and i loved his poetry on the page yeah so it was very good very good and uh, and then you wrote a song oh yeah i wrote a song this week <laughs> oh yeah Oh, yeah, I wrote a song. That was the other big event of that's the week. That's right, that's right. That happened, uh, what day? That was Wednesday. That was the same day. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was the same day. Wednesday. It was Wednesday because was Wednesday, I, I remember that I received your song. You sent it to me. The weepy a, version? The weepy version. Yeah. Several people got gifted with the weepy version of the song. I, <laughs> I'm then glad on, I was... On Thursday, I re-recorded it <laughs> in a non-weepy version, and that's the one I made into the video for YouTube. It's up on the YouTube channel if you haven't seen it already. But that's why I know that it was on Wednesday, because I, I got it at work, and you just sent it and said that you had a new song. And, and I... I listened, and from the moment, the very first verse, I started weeping. And I was thinking, why do I ever open up your songs at work? I just, <laughs> I should never do that. I should go into some yeah, secluded I thinking, closet. I was thinking I probably should wait and and play this for her when she gets home, but I just I didn't think that would be right because I wanted to send it to a bunch of people. I was very excited by the song. It was one of the songs that. Uh, I had actually started it on last Saturday uh, while I was upstairs uh, doing post-production on this very show. and uh, But then it just kind of sat there, and I was thinking, it's fine that it can sit there, because uh, something needed to gestate that was not gestating. And it was so weird, because for like the three days after that, I felt intermittently like I was coming down with something. Like I was getting the flu or something. I got this weird kind of feeling in the back of my throat and in my ears, you know, and... My stomach was feeling a little not quite right, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, am I coming down with the flu? And then I'd, then I'd feel better. And I remember on, it was Tuesday night, one of the nights, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 
and was wide awake and and was coughing and I couldn't I felt like this heaviness in my chest like you're getting some kind of a bronchial thing going on I go, oh, yeah I'm getting sick and, it's, and I was just laying there and I was kind of experiencing it and I said well maybe I'm just maybe it's just you know I interrupted some kind of bodily process by waking up and you know and then I started to feel better as I was laying there and then I went back to sleep and woke up feeling fine and I felt sick one more time and then I wrote the song, and I've felt fine ever since. So I think it was the song. Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee. You were coming down with the song. I was coming song. down with the song, not with the, not with the flute. You boy. It's a similar kind of That's good coffee. <laughs> kind, of, kind of dynamic in the body. You know, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's fun. Well, it's I... It's one of those songs that where I'm writing it, and I'm weeping as I'm writing it. So it's just... For some reason, that's a signal to me that, oh, this must be significant. <laughs> because here I am, I can't even sing it to myself without <laughs> weeping. So. Well, yeah. the thing that is so interesting to me about that song is that it's both joyous and melancholy at the same time. Yeah. You weep and smile at the same time. I have not yet been able to listen to it without weeping. And not I've that. listened to it a bunch of times. Wow. A bunch of times. I see. Well, there you go. I mean, of course, my name is in it, but... Oh, really? Yes. How do you know it's you that I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't. You <laughs> might be talking about Diane Keaton, for all I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. So, yeah, that was a big event. Felt like a big song. It still... It feels like a big song to me, too. It's still revealing itself... As it, you know, I've only played it like a couple hundred times. So. I do notice, though, that your songs definitely start uh, a process of aging. You know, that there's something that happens that really does solidify them into the world. Yeah. So it's still a little Just baby song. Just know that when I was first starting it, I was thinking, this is a song about reincarnation. Wow. Yeah. That was one of the thoughts. I mean, when, you, when I'm talking about the salty sea, yeah, it's not necessarily the ocean. Oh no, I I didn't about. think it was. It was, you know, amniotic fluid. Well, and I love that you know the rough old sea that brought us here. You know, I think that that's. I love that. Yeah, I love the whole song. Well, there you go. So there's that going on too. So yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting week fun but I think there was a combination I think there was something about open the door for three about that music that kind of lodged in my mind first from listening to it on the uh, internet to, in preparation for featuring them on the show because I started writing this before we went to the concert but I had that kind of that one the first song that we played the one with the vocals which is called that had that that just kind of that feeling. Oh, Mary and the Soldier? Mary and the Soldier, that's it. There's something in those songs that can be very dark, but the music is kind of lively and and there's an uplift there. So you get the, both the darkness and the uplift together and they're kind of juxtaposed against each other musically in an interesting way. And I think that's what I was trying to do. You know, if there was an undercurrent of, of an idea, it was the, the darkness and the light coexisting and, and kind of interdependent, you know, like you can't have the one without the other. You know. 
I actually think that that's why Celtic music is so powerful. There's something that is mysterious in it that is that juxtaposition. For me, I, I always feel like there's a little bit of the yin and the yang. Yeah, well, it's kind of like you can't celebrate life without including death in it because death is the ultimate event, you know. It's like people seem to think of death as something that's separate, something that's, that's you know, uh, not a part of a lifespan. But, I mean, death is what makes it precious. Death is what makes it valuable. It's what gives meaning to the life that comes before it. Without, if there was no death at the, at the end, then it would not, you would not have any of the resonance uh, throughout. So, I mean, we don't t- treat birth as a separate event, you know. When someone is born, they're already alive. That's right. It's not like your, you know, your life doesn't begin at birth. Your life begins before birth. You know? But, and who's to say your life ends at death? I am not going to say that. You're not going to say that? I don't believe that I it does. I just said it, but I'm taking it back. So, anyway. I feel too much the mystery of it all, and especially the uh, when you speak of reincarnation. I've just had too many feelings during this lifetime of knowledge of somebody that I don't know uh, that has come into my life. So I always have a hesitation to really speak of some of these things because people take sides on it like oh you you know that's a terrible that's a stupid concept i mean any concept you have about what's after life is going to be sort of weird because we don't know but um it's it's the story that makes the most sense to me so um and that i have experienced some uh effects from so i just feel very fortunate to be in the in the crown of people that I have been able to find in this in this world, because I one of the Gregory Orr poems that really struck me, I mean, he's he speaks a lot in his poetry about really living, not just uh, letting life. I I can't remember exactly the line, but it was sort of like. If you don't experience life, the richness of life while you're here, that you're just floating in a coffin towards uh, towards an end point. And I feel like that is what life is inviting us to do, is experience the richness even with knowing that it will end and not thinking of that as the... the <laughs> deal breaker you know right. oh my gosh well what's the use of living if it's because all gonna... ultimately it's meaningless because it ends yeah well, something ending doesn't make it render it meaningless yeah. it's interesting i also loved uh, a lot of the gregory or poems i loved was because he was talking about value i had posted one of his one of my favorites from the evening up on my page and it's just a short poem but I wept when he said it because it's to think of the things that we will buy and sell and the things that really have value in life 
it's an interesting conundrum to think about and he posed the questions of that in various ways during the evening that just thrilled me and I would definitely recommend people to get uh, books of his poetry my favorite poems that he wrote um, that he read that evening were ones that are from a collection that has not yet been released and I really am looking forward to that being published yeah <coughs> me too And we had the delightful little side benefit and, and like gift of uh, a couple of people came and sat down in front of us. And they were? Stanley Greenthal and Kip, yeah. his wife. Stanley and Kip Greenthal just came. I saw them walking down the aisle and they had the two seats directly in front of our seats. So we got to have a nice conversation with Stanley and Kip. Yeah. Which was... Great. That was fantastic. I've known Stanley since the Victory Music days. I uh, I used to come to his concerts. Uh, I went to all the local music concerts back in the day, and because you were working there, I was working. Yeah. But I absolutely adored his music, and he had one song, Shoal Waters, that has always been one of my favorite songs. And he and Kip wrote that song together and uh, he's a very gentle person very soft I want to say in his approach to people and to life and Kip is like him you know so um, I followed his music even after Victory Music days I would whenever I heard that he had a new album out I would get the new album and it sounds like they have a new album that's going to be coming out yeah I'm really looking forward to getting that one too he does uh he and Kip are always part of groups uh for the most part on the albums and play a variety of international styles Celtic and Greek and a lot of uh, interesting rhythm right. music. And we've had him, uh, we've had Stanley's music on our show at least twice before because we love him so much, but we thought we'd do it again because we just saw him. Yeah, I didn't know he knew who I was because I don't remember ever actually meeting Stanley before. Nice. Yeah, he did know who you were. I was wondering that too did he because yeah. he didn't used to come to open mics to my no you didn't see him around much you just see his notifications for his concerts and stuff like that yeah but anyway it was great so we've got a couple of selections from stanley for you this morning and it was a wondrous week wasn't it it was <laughs> Returns. 
Our first kiss finds us touched by age. Many joys, old sorrows, and the blessing of new family. are less supple, yielding more like water, taking the shape it finds. How far have we traveled? Not far, only nearer to the last in the book of questions In this miracle passing moment The stones we gather at the water Like memories Accompany us a short while Sometimes the only song Is the song I knew before we were born Still echoing in our breathing Can our voices lift Thank you.